What's up, Liquid Church? You guys excited to be here? Man, we're finally here, right? Incredible. We are so glad you're here. Let me, uh, my name is uh, Pastor Tim. I got the privilege of serving as the lead pastor at Liquid Church. If you're new, boy, from my heart to yours, welcome home. Welcome home, church. We're finally here. Very, very excited that you're here. This is kind of a historic day in the life of our church. It's been 10 long years. Uh, you know, we've been a portable ministry for about a decade, and uh, it's a joy to move into our permanent home here in Morris County. Um, I need to welcome, we actually need to welcome all of our campuses. We have um, campuses or locations in Essex County, Middlesex, Union, Somerset. Would you welcome our church family who are joining us through the magic of video? Glad you guys are with us too. Um, just a word to our campuses. Today, you're going to notice a little bit of a difference, right? The, the video is brighter, the lighting is sharper, and uh, that's a, a little bit of a, uh, a joy to see what's going to happen in the weeks ahead, because there's, there's a lot we have planned for November. Uh, starting next Sunday, I want to share with you big news today. In a minute, I'm going to preach a, a special message uh, just from my heart, celebrating this milestone moment uh, for our church. But next Sunday, you're going to hear from a different Timmy. Okay, not, not Pastor Tim uh, with the big hair, but another Tim with bigger muscles. Uh, we have a special, you guys know who I'm talking about? This, this, <laughs> this is officially Liquid's worst kept secret ever, okay? Next Sunday, Tim Tebow is joining us live at Liquid Church. Very excited. He's coming to celebrate the, uh, the opening of our broadcast campus and, and the completion of our Saturate campaign. Now, if, if you're here today and you're like, who is Tim Tebow? I would just ask, are you really a Christian? You know, I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You. For those who don't know, Tim Tebow is a professional athlete. He actually won the, uh, the Heisman Trophy, best college football player. He was an NFL quarterback with uh, the Denver Broncos in the playoffs. Uh, he was with the New York Jets for about 20 seconds. Uh, and now he's playing baseball uh, for the New York Mets. He's an amazing athlete. Oh, Mets fans. Okay. Look at you. <laughs> really? Really? Oh, I didn't think Mets fans went to church. All right. Fair enough. He's a man with a mission. He has a fierce faith in Jesus Christ, and he shares our passion for serving uh, kids with special needs. So next Sunday, your job is to invite everybody you know. In fact, our ushers are going to pass out invite cards right now to you. Take one, pass it down your row. Your job is to invite as many uh, friends and coworkers, family members, the people you work out with at the gym, whatever, um, to next Sunday. Uh, and we'll have more extras here if you're like, I need seven cards. Ushers will have extras on the way out, but just take one, pass it down your road. Go ahead, uh, guys. And now, I, it's funny thing is this. You know, I know most people see Tim Tebow as like, oh, you know, he's a kind of a celebrity athlete. You know, he has it all, right? You know, kind of fame and money. He's a good-looking guy. Um, but he wrote a book called Shaken, which I just finished reading, and it's fascinating. He says, you know what? The way I see it, I'm a guy who lost my job four times. He said, I thought God's dream for my life was to be an NFL quarterback, and I'm playing minor league baseball. What do you do when a curveball hits your life, something that you didn't see coming, and, and you thought God was leading you this way, and then this happens in your life? He has a very inspiring message to share. I want to share with you just a clip so you get a sense of what he's going to talk about next Sunday. Watch this. Who are you? What defines you? Is it being a father, a mother, husband, wife, football player? We're all defined in the world by so many different things. Did I find my identity in being a football player? No, because it's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. Let me just be honest. I've had my highs and my lows. I've been blessed to win a Heisman Trophy, and I've also 
been cut three times and traded once. So pretty much not wanted by four teams. It's not always gonna be easy. There's gonna be giants that get in our way. There are gonna be voices of negativity. So what do we have to do? We have to choose courage. We have to choose heart. Leave a legacy in other people's life. Don't leave a legacy in money, fame, or power. Leave a legacy in the people's lives that you change. If you do that, it will be worth everything. As you can see, it's going to be a powerful message about our identity in Christ. So your job is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Just invite friends, neighbors, invite your dead relatives, everybody you know uh, to come here, Tim. Now, here's the deal. Here in Parsippany, uh, Tim, his agent said, call him Timmy. Timmy. Uh, so Timmy's going to be speaking live next Sunday in Parsippany. That's November 12th. But if you're in one of our campuses, you'll be getting the video the following Sunday, November 19th, because there's a week delay. If you didn't know that, right now what we do is we record the message here in Morris County and play it back a week later on our campuses. But here's the exciting news. All of that is about to change. Amen? Now that our, our broadcast campus is uh, complete um, in 2018, we're going to go live and broadcast the Sunday teaching live to all of our campuses so that we'll have the same message, all one church, all on the same page at the same time. Uh, we plan to sync up sometime in early 2018. So this is probably one of the last times that we're going to have that week delay, praise God. So if you're visiting Parsippany today from another campus, glad you're here. But it would be a huge blessing to our whole church if next Sunday you went back to your home campus and you invited people so that we can make new for, uh, room for new guests here in Persephone, all right? So thanks for your vision. Thanks for your patience. Whatever campus you call home, I hope you'll invite your friends to your campus uh, next Sunday and then in 2018. It ain't going to matter really where you call home. We'll all be on the same page worshiping Jesus together. Amen? Amen. Excited for that. Well, today I just want to share a message, you know, from my heart uh, to yours just to celebrate, you know, this, this milestone moment in the life of our church. It's called Crossing Jordan. And, uh, you know, we've got six locations, you know, by God's grace, more to come in the years ahead. But before we kind of, you know, step into the future, I thought we should hit the pause button probably uh, just to celebrate what God's done in the past. Just, just thank the Lord for his faithfulness to us. Amen. God's done incredible things, guys. I mean, you know, just to be part of his, his kindness, his hand of blessing has really been on this house. And so this week, as we were kind of getting ready to open the doors, I, um, I pulled out my, my prayer journals. I got, a, I got a stack of these at home, and I was just kind of go, going through them. I just recorded God sightings over the last decade, you know, every week kind of writing an entry where I saw God at work, and, and it was amazing because they're, they're just filled with story after story where we saw God, you know, move mountains, uh, where we saw him overcome obstacles and, and split seas and, and just pour out his power in our, our presence. It was really incredibly humbling just to look back at all that Jesus has done for us as a church. And you know why he did it? It's not because we're good. It's because he's good. Amen. It's not because we, we deserve it or we earn it or something like that, but because he is a good, good father. And when we humble ourselves and we trust Jesus and take his hand and obey in faith, the Holy Spirit has been faithful to do more than we can ask or imagine. So as I was looking, you know, back this week to all God's bringing us, you know, this moment, I, I came across this verse. I don't know if this resonates with you. Second Samuel 7, I wrote this. Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what's my family that you've brought us this far? You know who wrote those words? King David. He wrote those words when he was just overwhelmed 
by God's love and faithfulness in his life. He's like, who am I and, and what is my family? I consider you guys my, my, my family, you know? You know what the answer is? Who are we? We are his. We are sons and daughters of the most high God, amen? We're the redeemed of the Lord. That's an amazing thing. And this is the house that he has built for us to worship him in. So in the next decade to come, as we kind of, you know, we want to let our entire state know about the love and forgiveness and, and power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Oh, you got to do better than that. Amen? Yeah. Okay. You got to be with me today, people. All right? So here's the deal. Before we, we step from the past, think of our last 10 years, into the future, the next 10 years, the next season of ministry God has for us, we got to pause and just remember everything the Lord has done for us over the last decade. Because you are sitting in a miracle. You, you are part of a move of God in our generation. Guys, th this isn't normal. You understand that, right? <laughs> like this is not the story being written for most churches, right? Baptizing hundreds of new believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, thousands of volunteers who, you know, go out and, and donate their time and their talents to serve neighbors and, and growing in love and compassion. We can't take this for granted. In fact, I was convicted. I was like, Tim... We can't take one more step towards the future without putting a stake in the ground today and acknowledging we are only here because of the generosity of Jesus Christ. Amen? The grace of God. Nothing we deserve. It is all Jesus. It is all his unmerited grace and favor that's brought us to this place. So this week, um, the Lord led me to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament to a story that I think kind of symbolizes where you and I are standing right now today. It's, how, it's a story of how God really led his people to actually cross over the Jordan River and take possession of the promised land. It was called Canaan, you know, the land flowing with milk and honey. And I was like, you know, in some ways, our church, we're kind of standing on this threshold of the promised land, right? We're about to cross over. Now, it's not the Jordan River. In our case, it's Route 287. Uh, but we're going to like take possession of this building. We hope it's going to serve as a gateway to saturate the state, right? 21 counties in New Jersey, by God's grace, maybe a, a campus in every county in the years to come. But we're kind of like the Israelites in the Old Testament. You know, they kind of wandered in the desert, right, for how long? 40 years. Now, we've been a portable church for 10, okay? But along came this generation that God chose. So he chose a generation to cross over to Canaan. But there was just one thing standing between them, separating their amazing past and the future, the destiny that God had for his people. And that was the Jordan River. I want to show you a picture. This is a photo of the Jordan River um, today. It's 156 miles long. It's not very wide, but it gets very deep in some parts. And in the Bible, you're going to see this pattern. Basically, whenever God's people are like on this threshold, you know, of something new, in this new chapter that God's writing in salvation history, a lot of times there's like an obstacle in their way. You ever notice that? God kind of stacks the odds and there's this barrier between their past and the destiny that God has for them. For Moses, it was the Red Sea. For Joshua, it was the Jordan River. And so I want to read this story from the Old Testament and connect it to the story that I think God's writing with us at Liquid. So if you have your Bible, you can open the book of Joshua or flip there in your phone. I'll have the uh, scripture on the side screens. Here we are, Joshua chapter one, it says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of God, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> now then, you and all these people get ready to what? Say it together, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. 
I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Now listen to these words. I will, let's say it together, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged for, get ready, this is the promise. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is a very, yeah, praise God for that promise. That is a very powerful personal promise from the Lord your God. In fact, this is so important. I want you to to remember this. So all our campuses, can we say this out loud? We're going to repeat the Lord's promise back to him. He says, I will be with you wherever you go. I will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua told the people this, consecrate yourselves. Just means purify yourselves. Get ready. For tomorrow, the Lord will do what? (laughs) Amazing things among you. Get ready. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, you guys know what that is? You've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's not that, okay? This is the box that basically held the Ten Commandments. The Ark of the Covenant was just a symbol of the promise of God going ahead of them. It was a symbol of the presence of God, the power of God leading the way. So that goes first into the river. But watch, there's a little little hiccup. Now, the Jordan is at what? Flood stage all during harvest. And this is a key detail because the river doesn't look that intimidating, but let me show you a video of this year, the Jordan River right now at flood stage. Take a look at this, go ahead. Throw that up there. That's the Jordan River at flood stage. That's right now in Israel. This is typically what happens when the winter rains come down. This little, you know, kind of placid, creek turns into this raging river. So now I want you to imagine what the people are thinking, right? They're like, okay, <laughs> we're going to leave the desert behind. Goodbye. We're going to the promised land. We, we got to cross this thing. We can't go, you know, around it. We can't go over it. And God says, I want you to go through it. And the only way you're going to do this is if you remember my promise. I will be with you where? Wherever you go. Well, as soon as the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, reached the Jordan. Their feet touched the water's edge. Here it is, the miracle. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It actually piled in a great heap at a distance away at a town called Adam, while the water flowing down to the Dead Sea was completely cut off. And so the people, here it is, they crossed over opposite Jordan, and the priests who carried the Ark of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan. And they stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Pretty amazing miracle, amen? It's not the first time, though. You guys know that. If you remember, this is the second time this happens in Israel's history. For the first time, Moses leads God's people right out of Egypt, out of slavery. The Egyptians are hot on their tail. And Moses prays, and Charlton Heston raises his staff, right? And what does God do? He splits the Red Sea. Joshua here prays, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Split the sea. Dry up this raging river so your people can pass safely into the promised land. We want to know that your promise still stands. Can you say that? Your promise still stands. And God does. God does it again. Again, look at the Bible. There's always this pattern. 
Whenever God calls his people out of the past into their future destiny, he always first makes a promise. He says, here's the deal. I'm not telling you where you're going, but I will be with you. Where? Wherever you go. And then his people encounter problems. There's an enemy attack. They run out of water. They're starving. They're grumbling. A raging river. It seems an impossible obstacle to overcome. And so they just kind of get desperate and pray. And they're like, God, help us. We're weak. Show yourself strong on our behalf. And then the Lord pours out his power as a sign of his presence, as a way of saying, the promise still stands. I'll be with you, what? Wherever you go. Do you guys remember the Bud Light commercial, Taste Great, Less Filling? Let's have a little contest. This side say, I'll be with you. You guys say, wherever you go. You ready? Here we go. I will be wherever you go. I will be wherever you go. I'll be with you wherever you go. But here in Joshua 4, God says, before you take one more step, Joshua, I want you to do something right now. When the whole nation, verse 4, verse 1 of uh, chapter 4, had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 guys from among the people, one from each tribe. I want you to tell them to do something funny. I want you to tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the river, from right where the priests are standing. I want you to carry those stones over with you. And you put them down at the place you're going to stay tonight. Now, I want you to imagine this. The waters are piled up. I'm thinking if it's me and like there's water on each side, I'm like, I'm getting through as quickly as I can, right? Like who knows what's going to close back in, right? And God says, no, stop. I want you to stand in the middle of this river. And I want you to kneel down and I want you to dig up rocks, 12 river rocks, 12 stones. And I want you to bring them over to the other side and I want you to set them down and I want you to start making an altar. Why? What what, what do the stones mean? Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, "What, what do the stones mean? You tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up this river until you had crossed over. And why did he do this? Powerful, guys. Last verse. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Guys, in the Bible, there is a name for a stone like this. It's called an Ebenezer. Can you say that with me? Ebenezer. In 1 Samuel, after God destroys the Philistines, this is like the arch enemy of Israel, he decimates them. Samuel takes a stone, he says, I'm naming the stone Ebenezer, and it means this, we got this far because the Lord helped us. And so in Hebrew, the name Ebenezer actually translates to stone of help, and it was meant to be a symbol. So that forever from that day, whenever, you know, little Hebrew moms and their dads kind of walked with their kids, And they walked by and they said, Daddy, what's that mean? And he says, let me tell you, son, what that means. We aren't standing here today if it wasn't for the help of God. There is, we we made no progress. We would not be here if it wasn't for the arm of the Lord and his hand upon our lives. That's what that means. Never forget, you tell your kids. This stone marks the spot. This is where the promise came true. I will be with you wherever you go. You know, just like X marks the spot, the idea is that the stone marks the spot. And so, Liquid Church, I just thought today, 
before we cross over into this new season of ministry, before we leave our past behind and cross Jordan and step into this destiny and this future, I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to raise a few Ebenezers today, amen? We need to celebrate this historic moment by just marking a few moments in our 10-year journey with Jesus where your God, the Lord your God, made good on his promise to us. I will be with you wherever you go. From the very beginning, Jesus has been leading our church. You have to understand, especially if you're new, you're like joining at this cool moment, but there is no way we're standing here today without the power of Jesus Christ. We're not supposed to be here. See, Liquid started with 12 people meeting in chairs like that (laughs) in the basement of a 150-year-old church, Millington Baptist Church. Pastor Peter Pendell is here today. Can we thank him for his faithfulness? We love you, Peter. Love you. And he said, Tim, would you teach a Sunday school class for 20-somethings? And I said, there are 20-somethings here? And there were about 12 of them. And so we met and I said, how early do we have to be here? We had no vision, okay, people? And there were about a dozen people in that basement. And, 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 and when that started growing, we moved to a local tavern. We made a website that looked like a heavy metal blog, Okay. <laughs> We had couches and candles on stage. I had no plan to be a pastor. I was a terrible preacher. In the early days, I would preach for two hours. I'd preach preach people into the kingdom and out, all in one setting. It was amazing. (laughs) But, But see, here's the deal. If you want to be used by God, you don't have to be the best. You just have to care the most, amen? And and people came and we started evening services. We outgrew that space and, and we moved to Morristown in 2007 with about 300 volunteers. And we said, God, what if... What if nobody shows up? What if we run out of money? Uh, and people came and we just started baptizing them as they put their faith in Christ. Look at this early baptism photo. <laughs> Look how long Pastor Mike's hair is. Look how thin I used to be. It's incredible. And the church began to grow because God made a promise to us, right? He said, I don't care if you meet in a basement or a, a tavern or a hotel. I will be with you what? Wherever you go. And I remember putting that stone down and seeing God's faithfulness. I remember in our first services, I remember the Sunday we discovered the power of video, which is by accident. Again, this is all an accident. (laughs) It is, all of our campuses now watch video, but then we had no idea what we were doing. I want to show you a photo of one of you posted on Facebook last week. This is from 2008. Would you throw it up there? Um, There's Carol, one of our media operators. I'm holding a bloody sock. We call this Sunday Bloody Sunday. It's not really a blood. That's actually an athletic sock that I, I put my daughter's finger paints on to make it look like it was bleeding. But this is, I just show you why we're not supposed to be here. Um, basically, I was preaching about how our culture stretches us, you know, past our limits. And I said, you know what would be a great illustration? Remember Kurt Schilling in the Yankees-Red Sox playoffs, right? There was this awesome Boston pitcher, and before the, uh, the playoffs against the Yankees, he tore the tendon off the bone in his ankle. And so we said, Yankee fans were like, praise God, you know? And uh, Kurt Schilling said, no, I'm going to play through this. And so they stapled the tendon, I know, in his ankle to, to the bone. Don't gross out. This is, this is fake, by the way, Okay. But now watch this. And I was like, that's a great picture of kind of how our culture pushes us beyond the breaking point. So anyway, the night before I get this sock and I put my daughter's, you know, red finger paint on it and then I had a little brown or whatever. And I'm kind of going over this. And the media team is like, I don't know if people will be able to see it. 
And I was like, well, can you put it up on the side screen? And so someone's like, I got a cord from Radio Shack. And they put it between a video and between our switcher. And I go into preaching mode and I'm telling people, I'm like, with every, you remember the playoff game? So Kurt Schilling, he's pitching. And literally in the fifth inning, he's mowing down the Yankees. His, his socks start soaking with blood, just starts coming through. And I'm like, guys, it was unbelievable. The, think of the tenacity, the muscle ripping off the bone, the staple coming out, the sutures apart, the blood seeping through. And literally, a guy in the fifth row, just, I just seem to go like this. <laughs> literally passed out. Down for the count. Now, we had no idea why. I'm just like, Holy Spirit power. Uh, you know, <laughs> play through, right? You know? So I keep going, you know, and I'm like, so understand, this sock is in the Hall of Fame because we know the blood coming out of this guy, da-da-da. And in the far back, second row from the back, a guy projectile vomits. <laughs> Literally, and we're like, we're like, what, what is happening? We had no idea, right? No idea. So the paramedics come, right? A, a woman in the far back, she just goes, they're gassing us. <laughs> I'm like, mom, that is not helpful. That's not, <laughs> right? She's like, carbon monoxide. So one of our first services ended with a guy being wheeled out on a gurney. He had vasovaga syndrome. The sight of blood kind of hits control out the lead on him. We had no idea, so we did it the second service. Here we are today, okay? We have, guys, I tell you that story. It's funny, it's crazy, but here's why. In spite of our humble origins, in spite of our many mistakes and all the fumbling and bumbling, God has been faithful. He said, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Amen. Give him a praise, people. From the beginning, we had a passion for people. Um, you guys remember about five years ago in Hurricane Sandy, uh, hit the Jersey Shore, right? That's five years ago. Remember Halloween 2012? You know, telephone wires down, everything uprooted. Um, Jersey was kind of devastated, especially those on the shore. But you guys were the first to say, send me. We're going we're gonna to go give help. And we mobilized an army of volunteers wearing red shirts. Don't say Love Week. They said Jesus loves Jersey. Remember that? And we had, a, we had a, this first time ever, we had a thousand volunteers sacrifice their Thanksgiving. They gave up Thanksgiving with their families and said, I'm going to spend Thanksgiving Day down the shore of Staten Island mucking out homes to show the love of Christ. Remember this little memory? Take a look.
Guys, that was a DNA defining moment for our church. That was the first time we ever had a thousand, I've never been prouder of you. Over a thousand of you said, we're going to give up our Thanksgiving to go serve our neighbors and show them Christ in the crisis. And that became basically our mantra is that we're putting our faith in action. That tradition continues to this day. I mean, this week we had over 3,000, I don't know if it was 4,000 people, you guys wearing red Love Week t-shirts, right? All over Facebook from all our campuses, giving 10,000 hours of service in one week to homeless veterans, single parents, kids with special needs. I mean, the Saturday before launch opening, you guys are out there not working on our church, working on helping hurting people. You know why we do that? Because God made a promise to us. He made the promise to Joshua. He made the promise to you. I will be what? With you wherever you go. Amen. God says, I want you to raise an Ebenezer and I don't want you to forget these moments. It's only with my help that you got here. I remember the time that a guy named Warren Bird, he's like a, a church leadership guy. He hands me a book. He came and spoke to our staff. He said, Tim, let me give you my latest book. It's called Better Together, Making Church Mergers Work. And I was like, what's it about? He says, don't be surprised if at some point uh, an older church that maybe is, is lacking people and momentum uh, asked to become a campus of Liquid Church. I said, oh, okay, that's great. The next morning, we received a phone call at 6 a.m. from the elders of a church I'd never heard about. It was a church called Mountainside Gospel Chapel in Union County. Uh, it thrived in the 80s. It had declined in the 90s. By the, when they called us, they had about 27 seniors left about to close their doors. They were going to close the church. And it was a shame because it was founded in 1821, historic church. And the elder, Joe Crayson, said... Tim, we want to talk with you about the possibility of becoming a campus of liquid. And I'm like, where's that book? Literally the night before that book had been handed to me because God's like, you're too dumb to figure this out. Here's the instruction. I'm not kidding. Here's the instruction manual, okay? This is what God does. And he goes, we're going to talk about being a campus of liquid. And I'm like, you know, it was a very traditional church. I said, you know, have you, have you been to liquid? And, and Joe's like, oh yeah, we're, we've been there. We hate the music. Uh, <laughs> No, he's serious. He goes, it's too loud. We bring earplugs. And I'm like, well, why would you want me to campus? He goes, because you're baptizing our children and our grandchildren. And God, I mean, did a miracle. Guys, these are Holy Spirit moments. In 30 days, under the leadership of Dr. Greg Haig, that congregation of 27 seniors raised their hands and unanimously voted to donate their church, their property, their assets worth about $4 million dollars to become the first Union County campus of Liquid. We had never had a building before. And so we spent a year kind of lovingly, you know, renovating it. And we just asked Jesus, would you bring the generations together and breathe new life into this ministry? I'll let those senior saints tell you about this Ebenezer. The best days might have been uh, at the very beginning when it started uh, over 190 years ago. It's probably never grown more than a couple of hundred to 300 people. Probably the decline began in the uh, 70s, the late 70s, and that just continued. It was not uh, possible for me anyway to uh, effect a turnaround. Uh, we would have to make some decisions. My daughter, one day in talking, she says, oh, you know, Dad, Liquid is looking to open up a campus in a Union County. Liquid is a different kind of church. I think when people hear the name Liquid Church, they assume we're a cult or a drinking fraternity. But we named our church Liquid for a simple reason. Jesus calls himself the living water, and we believe church should be refreshing. 
very often uh, throughout history, there has been the necessity for something to come to an end in order for something better to come out of it. The death and the, the rebirth of an organization. Uh, churches go through that. And if there is wisdom and prayer applied to the process, it can be a very sweet thing. And I believe that's what's happened here. We saw the rebirth as an opportunity to combine the rich history of the chapel with the fresh ministry momentum of liquid, the best of the old and the new. It wasn't erasing the identity or the history of Mountainside. Rather, it meant resurrecting the dream of the original founders and injecting that community with fresh hope and a vision for the future. What got me uh, was our first Sunday here when we opened up and I'm sitting there, I'm looking in front of me and to my right, my left, and there's all these people. This is what we wanted. We wanted the pews filled. People just kept pouring out of the doors and tears are coming down our faces thinking, this is exactly what we wanted. The miracle at Mountainside, our first building that the Lord entrusted us with. You know, Mountainside became the, the, the fastest growing campus in liquid history, went from 27 seniors to over 1,000 people worshiping on opening day. You know why I did that? Not because we're good, because God made a promise. He makes a promise. He says, I'll be with you wherever you go. Guys, I have so many of these moments in my journal that are impossible to explain without the supernatural favor of, of God. I remember in 2014, I felt God asking me to kind of stretch out of my comfort zone and do a series on healing and just invite the Holy Spirit to release gifts of healing in our congregation, which was a stretch. You know, my wife grew up Pentecostal. I grew up, you know, with kind of a seatbelt and a straitjacket on, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we took a risk and did a series called God is Greater Than Cancer. You remember that? Milestone series for our church. And this was a stretch because at the, the, we invited the spiritual prayer team to say, come forward uh, for healing prayer, just allowing God to touch your life if you have any sort of, you know, illness or injuries. And people bum rushed the stage, it was crazy. And just to show people we weren't like gonna handle snakes and stuff, I was like, um, you know, I'm gonna call a volunteer from the audience. Just go live. And I said, did anybody, I'll just demonstrate how this works. I can pray for you. And a woman shot her hand up over here. I said, oh, why don't you come on up here? And I will never forget this moment. She didn't stand up and walk on the stage. She wheeled herself out of the aisle in a wheelchair. And that was a moment where I said, Lord, why would you do this to me? <laughs> Why would you humiliate this entire church? I had no faith. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst scenario I've ever imagined. And literally, I got down off the stage because she couldn't come up and she's in a wheelchair and then I get down the microphone and I asked her the dumbest question that has ever come out of my mouth. I said, what brings you up here? And she said to me with tears in her eyes, she says, I want to walk. And I had no faith for it. I, if there was a hole that I could have jumped into and disappeared, I would have. I had no faith for it. And so we just said, okay, we'll just start praying for you. God, we know nothing's really going to happen here, but that's, that's what my flesh is saying. But we're like, it's not about our power. Lord, you may want to do something for your, your beautiful daughter. Her name was Rosalie. And I said, so we're you know, just kind of praying. And she says, my legs are really tingling. And, uh, and I said, okay, what do you want to do? And she had a seatbelt on. She undoes it. She goes, I, I, I want to help, help, help me stand. 
And I was like, this is really ill-advised. And, <laughs> and Rosalie stood up and she took one step and took another step and she walked around the entire ballroom. And I was undone. I have never witnessed something. I was, we were shaken to the core. Our leaders were crying. Uh, I remember Pastor Tom at the time, he's like following her around, you know, with a wheelchair in case, she, you know. And later I read the Bible verse on her t-shirt that said, we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. And now healing prayer is just something we do. Guys, that like didn't just like up to that point, we expect God to show up all the time now in all of our campuses and do things that are inexplicable. It happened two weeks ago with John Carino. John was deaf in one ear. He actually lost his hearing and we prayed for him during worship. And literally last night he sends me this photo. He goes, here it is, Tim. The ENT doctor said, I can't explain it. Your left ear on the left where he lost hearing is now even better than your right. He has been healed by the power of Jesus Christ. God heals. I'm here to tell somebody today. His name's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord heals. So it doesn't matter if you're facing illness or some discouraging diagnosis. As you face your Jordan, you may feel like you're in over your head, but the promise of God still stands. I'll be with you, say it with me, wherever you go. We pray this building will be a place of healing, of prayers, of miracles, where we just see there's no way to explain it. Guys, when God goes with you and the Holy Spirit has his hand on your life, you see miracles. You are sitting in one. You're sitting in one. Do you know why we're sitting in precipity today? Four years ago, when we were looking for a building, we actually asked the owner of this building to show it to us, met him in the parking lot, and the realtor pulled up and said, sorry, I can't show it to you. You guys are a church. We don't want to deal with churches. And we're like, well, it's New Jersey. That's about right. <laughs> but then we had liquid at the shore in Ocean Grove in 2015. You remember that? That was all... We, we had four campuses at the time and about 4,000 of you guys showed up. It was the first time we ever publicly talked about our updated vision. We're going to saturate the state with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The morning we were all in Ocean Grove, the realtor for this building just happened to be on vacation in Asbury Park, wakes up on Sunday morning and her daughter says, hey, let's go get bagels in Ocean Grove. And she wheels up and talks to one of you nuts in a t-shirt. And she says, what's, what's going on in the great auditorium here? And, she, and one of you literally says, oh, that's Liquid Church. And she's like, is that that cult, you know, that called us about that building? She walked inside. She saw our campus pastors singing Bruno Mars karaoke, uh, Bon Jovi. They saw beach balls. They saw Pastor Kyler dancing with Left Shark. And, and she said, I never saw anything like this. Remember this memory? Check this out. <laughs> Welcome to Liquid at the Shore.
taking Burden the Plow Believers. think the Jordan, yeah, give God a praise. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You think the Jordan River's dirty? Try baptizing people at the Jersey Shore, all right? The realtor for this building, because she just happened to be on vacation, coincidence, no, 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 no coincidences. There's only God incidences. And she came to that service and she encountered something she'd never seen in a church. She was blown away. The next morning, she got on the phone with our realtor and said, we don't want to talk to you about the little part of the warehouse. We want to talk to you about the entire building. And now we're on track to purchase this whole building in December. You know, we sing that song, you made a way where there was no way. And God says, you know what he says? He says, I understand, even though it's New Jersey and everything is built and there's no parking and property is expensive, the promise still stands, Liquid Church. I'm gonna be with you wherever you go, amen? You're sitting in a miracle. It's a miracle, it's God. And let me clarify, because you're going to walk around a broadcast campus and you're, you know, people are like, wow, the creative design and the color. Let me just tell you, make sure you understand, it's not us. It is all God. I mean, we're not a rich church. God has been exceedingly rich to us. He has provided exactly what we need and exactly when we need it the most. You talk about crossing Jordan. About a year ago, the river dried up <laughs> financially for our church. Construction, it takes a lot of money, right, to kind of move into a building. And, and it, the roof alone, the roof alone, a new roof, million dollars. Yay. How sexy, not. And we were going to actually stop construction because we were giving our money first to our compassion commitments, feeding the hungry, wells in Rwanda. We're like, we're gonna always care for the poor first before we build our house. And, and, and we stopped and we said, you know what? I don't know what we're gonna do. I remember Pastor Dave, he's our executive pastor. And Pastor Dave Brooks, no one sweated it more than him. That's him with his son, Robbie, amazing young man. Can we thank the Brooks family, their faithfulness? We're not here without Dave Brooks. And Dave is the XP, he kind of handles our numbers and stuff. And, uh, and he told me, Tim, I went home that night when we realized, you know, we're, we're like, <laughs> we need another million dollars to keep going with this construction. It makes you question, like, you know, is God still in this? And um, he said, I went home, he said, my, my son, Robbie, he said, he, you know, he has Down syndrome, and he says, but he's an excellent reader of people. And he says, I went home, and Robbie said to me, Dad, you look sad. And he said, well, yeah, I'm a little bit discouraged, Robbie. And he said, why, Dad? And he said, well, you know, church, the church needs money to, to finish building this house in Parsippany. And he said, well, how much do you need? <laughs> and Dave said, you know, Robbie, we, we need a million dollars. And Robbie said, let's pray. And he took Dave's hand, and he took Lois's hand, and he prayed. He said, Lord, we love Liquid Church. And we love reaching people for Jesus. So would you give us 
one dollar. <laughs> and Dave said that moment the Lord was preaching to him <laughs> through his son because he realized one dollar, a million dollars, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it's all God's. And apart from him moving, we have nothing. And so we prayed, we fasted, and God moved in a miraculous way. God, guys, this stone symbolizes the day that a family walked into our office three weeks later and told us we've been praying. And the Lord told us to write a check for $1 million to this church. That's the check. I X'd out their names so you don't call them. <laughs> Where, that's, we wept, we wept. How do you explain that? How do you explain that kind of radical generosity? You're sitting, we're sitting here because the Lord, your God, blessed that family and put it on their heart to sacrifice for people they will never meet this side of heaven. So you understand, wherever there is a vision from God, there's provision from God, amen? When it's God's will, it's God's bill. We're not a rich church. A lot of what you see out there is donated. All the artwork, donated. <laughs> All the office furniture, donated. Many of you donated time and labor and materials. The generosity of hundreds of families and anonymous people who never want their names known, but God knows. And God says, you know what? I'm not always early, but I'm always right on time, amen? So I just want to encourage somebody today. I mean, make this for your story. What's the story God's writing in your life? Maybe you're like, man, I'm facing a big Jordan here. I'm over my head. I'm in financial need. You don't know where it's going to come from, but God brought you here to remind you today. I'm going to be what? With you wherever you go. And if God goes with us, guys, it doesn't matter where we go, does it? As long as we know who is leading the way. God told Joshua, I want you to stack 12 stones, set up a memorial so that when your kids pass by, they'll know the only way we got here was with the help of the Lord, your God. Amen? Got one last Ebenezer to raise for you. This one's for my friend, Shorty. Shorty, uh, he's a, his real name is Juan, but he goes by Shorty. It's so New Jersey, you know? <laughs> he's one of the, uh, the work crew who's been working here for the last two years, wiring our building. And when he walked, he wasn't a believer in Jesus Christ. When he walked into Parsippany during construction, uh, he got to know us a little bit. We said, you know what, we want to minister and thank the work crew so we would prepare lunches for them. And we're serving lunch during one work day. And one of the tables we borrowed from our Garwood campus. It was our second gifted church. And it said liquid Garwood. And Shorty goes, Garwood? Wait, what's in Garwood? And we're like, oh, one of our campuses. What? I live in Garwood. And we're like, well, you should check it out. And so Shorty visited Liquid Garwood, and uh, his life was never the same. At Liquid Garwood, Shorty met Jesus Christ, and he gave his life to the Lord, and he said, I found the love and the acceptance. I found family. And he gave his life to Christ, and he came back and said to Pastor Dave, he said, you know, guy, I'm so proud to be working on this church because this church saved my life. And of course, Dave is like, no, 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 God saved my life. He goes, no, you, know, you don't understand. This saved my life. The past two years for me has been like hell. I've gone through a very difficult di divorce. My daughter is estranged, she won't talk to me. I actually wanted to kill myself. And he said, over the last 12 months, I have been carrying a noose in the back of my work truck, waiting for the moment to end my life. And then I got the call to work on this church. <laughs> and I met all of you nuts. <laughs> and then I met God at Garwood and I learned 
that Jesus forgives me, the Father loves me, and I'm part of his eternal family. And Shorty's life literally was never the same. I pray over the years, the next decade, there will be thousands of shorties who walk into this place. And you know what? Even if it was only him, it all would have been worth it. Amen? That's how much your God loves you. He says, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus still would have died on the cross for you. See, guys, the cross is our crossover. This is how you pass from death to life in the eyes of God. The Jordan is a picture of the spiritual reality. This is how you leave your past and step into the future. You first admit the truth about yourself. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm broken, I'm flawed, I'm sinful. I got nothing. But I believe that the Lord isn't just with me, that he sent his son. And on the cross, he took all of my sin. And when I cross over through trust in Jesus, baptized in the Holy Spirit, he has a now leading on my life. I have a destiny. I have a future secure in the family of God forever. The cross is our crossover. Amen. So if your life is falling apart, you feel desperate. Maybe you're like, shorty, man, I got nothing to live for. My friend invited me. God said to Joshua, he said it to me. He said it to shorty and he's saying it to you. My promise still stands. I will be, say it church, I'll be with you. Where? Wherever you go. Never forget. You don't ever forget why Joshua set up these stones. Why'd he do it? Why'd he do it? Last verse. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth know that the hand of the Lord is what? Powerful. And so that you might always fear the Lord, your God. Guys, as we cross Jordan today as a church, may you remember this moment. May you tell your children and may they tell their children that we aren't here except for the grace of Jesus Christ. You tell them what the Lord has done for Liquid Church, his love and his power and his provision and his kindness. So as we look for the next 10 years, guys, the start of this new season, some people, a lot of you always ask me, like, where are we going next, Tim? Here's my answer. I got no idea. <laughs> I, I have stopped trying to predict what God's going to do next. But you know what? That is fine with me. See, we may not know exactly where we're going, but we know exactly who is leading the way. Amen? And if Jesus goes before us, I'm in. Are you in? I'm in. The Lord's leading us liquid. So today, ready? We are going to cross Jordan and step boldly into the good works that he has planned in advance for us to do. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, you are so good. We are in awe of your power. We're in awe of the pattern that we don't even see in our lives. But you've given us enough faith to just take the next step. And here we are. Here we are, God. We're stepping our foot into the water. Doesn't part until we take a step. <clears throat> but we're standing here and we're gathering these stones and setting them up as a memorial to the power of the Lord. There is no problem too big, no mountain too high. What is the arm of the Lord too short to work on behalf of his people? You have been exceedingly kind and generous and faithful to us. And so Father, we return our heart to you right now. We're just, we're giving you our heart. We say, cleanse it, consecrate it, purify us so that we might be willing vessels and filled up and the Holy Spirit might flow through us and people might give glory to Jesus. May people give, not say what a great church, but say what a great God. <laughs> what a great God they serve. Look what he does. 
Father, we dedicate this building, this moment, this ministry to you again. Take your rightful place as our senior pastor. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen.